This is One on One's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five on three. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Five on Three, the NHL podcast here for WFEV Sports. Today is Thursday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. It is Matt Costantini joined by Chris Hennessy. Nick Lehman making his triumphant return to the show. It's been a while, and too much has changed between <laughs> all these Metro teams. My gosh. Yeah, last time you were here, the Devils were still somewhat of a of a competent team. The Devils were 4-0 and yeah. off uh, beating the Sharks and... Oh, those yeah. days are long gone. Yeah, things change. So, uh, so it's been a while since we did a show. Uh, the Metro has changed, the East has changed, but I want to start off with kind of a little bit of a fun, little fun topic. Since it is Valentine's Day, I figured we we'd stay topical, and I want to talk about teams that not teams players on not our teams so it can't be for Nick and I it can't be a player on the Devils and for Chris it can't be of his beloved Islanders That's uh, a, a player on a different team that we love unironically just just because doesn't even have to have a good reason but there should be a reason behind it I guess uh, Chris yours is John Tavares right uh, no it's not <laughs> mine, is, mine is certainly not pajama boy John Tavares <laughs> Uh, 14 days till the best day ever when he comes back to the Nassau Coliseum. No, um, mine is definitely Connor McDavid. I know that's a very like stereotypical answer, but like if you just watch him play, it's unbelievable. Like he's just faster, stronger, just more skilled than everybody else in the world. I mean, Sidney Crosby is obviously a great player too, and uh, he clearly has uh, McDavid's number. They won again against Edmonton last night, but. Connor McDavid is just so much fun to watch, and I just feel so bad for him. Uh, stuck out in Edmonton with Peter Torelli for all those years, and now he's free of that, but they still stink. So Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. I, everyone knew when he was drafted, it's like, oh, it's only a matter of time until this kid is the second coming of Wayne, Wayne Jesus Christ Gretzky himself. <laughs> and it really is looking like that. I mean, people, I mean, you were worried when he got hurt his rookie season, and you... Oh my God! Is he injury prone? Is he is he fragile? And he really hasn't had any no. issues since then. Nope. Not at all. And it, you just watch him night in, night out, and you you wonder how someone can be that fast, that strong, and that good all in one body. He's twenty two years old too. Like, yeah, he he like, is younger than me and three weeks older than my roommate. So he's younger than you. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Like he's born in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, that's why he wears number ninety seven. Exactly. And so he's ten years younger than Sidney Crosby, and that—that's also a testament to Sidney Crosby. He's playing with a guy ten years younger than him and playing at his level, if not better. That's also a testament to Sidney Crosby, no question about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a little bit more disdain towards Sidney Crosby. Oh, absolutely! In the Metropolitan Division, as you guys know, but <laughs> uh, as you guys have experienced as well. But uh, he's—you know—got to have respect for him too. But I, Connor McDavid is something else. For me, I gotta go PK Subban with Nashville. Okay, I can see that. I really enjoy watching his de- defensive play, de- de- offensive defenseman. You know, he can hit with the best and throw him with the best of them. And honestly, he he's such a great character, and he kind of builds the game, especially in a great city like Nashville that continues to grow and has one of the most exciting fan bases of any team in the league right now. I would say he, he's and. When he was in Montreal, it was the same thing. You know, he donated $10 million to Montreal Children's Hospital exactly. just to be traded away by Mark Bergevin. Well, 
But uh, and it's actually tonight, uh, first time him and Shea Weber go against each other. Oh, that's well, right, because Weber's been hurt since since they right. pl- since they traded each other. So this is tonight's actually the first time they'll play against each other. I believe it's in Nashville. It is in Nashville, yeah. So oh. right now, but yeah, I, I think I got to go with PK. I agree with you, Nick. He's been re- he's really good for the league. Um, you know, just the character off the ice, not, and not a character in a bad way, like an Antonio Brown or mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL. Just a, a, just he's fun to watch on your on your phone on Twitter when he's not playing hockey. Just as fun to watch when he is playing hockey. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you you mentioned it. I think that PK Subban's biggest contribution to hockey. And granted, he is easily a top five defenseman in this league, but I think when it's all said and done, his legacy will not be for what he's done on the ice, it will be for what he's done off the ice. You talk about mm-hmm. him having his own wing at the Montreal Children's Hospital and still having very strong ties there, even though he no longer plays for that team, and he's making his mark in Nashville. And then you talk about just his infectious personality, and you look at him from the All-Star games when he's mic'd up and you just hear him talking to other players and talking to fans and you can just see just how much fun he has playing the game. And he is very enjoyable to watch. He's a guy unlike McDavid, unlike Tavares, unlike Crosby where like they're so they're so great at hockey and they're so much fun to watch on the ice. But like they don't have much of a personality off the ice. PK Subban has all of that. He's one of like the best interviews in sports. He's he is a guy who makes you love hockey, no doubt. Yeah, and for me, I was kind of torn here. I was thinking about, oh, maybe Blake Wheeler out in Winnipeg just because he's so quietly good that he deserves a lot more love than he gets now. Uh, same could be said for a guy like Mark Scheifele and then I think about Tyler Sagan. But I think, for me, the guy I love most is Johnny Goudreau. I knew you were going to say that. Of course he did. <laughs> he, he's five foot nine. He's from Jersey. And he is one of the best players in this league. How can you not love him? I I do love Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, that he was uh, the year he was on the World Juniors team. That was a, that was a fun year there. Um, it's a shame that they. You mentioned uh, Wheeler and Shifley. Shifley American. I think so. It's a shame that the NHL doesn't he go might to the be. Olympics. Does it shame, shame they don't go to the Olympics anymore because that'd be a fun team. Well, for Johnny Hockey, I think he's finally getting the attention and the praise he should be getting. For a lot of years. Hobie Baker winner at PC. I mean, this guy wasn't right. a chump. Like, no, he exactly. wasn't Hobie Baker. <laughs> I know. So he's finally getting the praise that he deserved for many years, and I think we're seeing that now in this MVP type season. And that's propelled Calgary to the top of the of the West. I mean, no one saw that coming at the beginning of the year. Absolutely no. No, one. definitely for sure. not. Um, Mark Shifley, unfortunately, not American uh, from Kitchener, Canada. Uh, so he would not he would not be ours, unfortunately. Still. But, yeah, a guy like Johnny Goudreau is just, he's kind of a model that kids should follow. It doesn't matter if you're six foot seven Zdeno Charo or, or anybody. You can play this sport and be incredibly good at it. You just, ha- you just have to kind of tune your skill set to your body type or, or what, whatever that is. But, yeah, Johnny, Johnny Hockey, man. I didn't know he was from Jersey. Just, yeah. I just kind of yep. assumed he was from Mass. Carney's Point, New Jersey. I don't know exactly where that is, but <laughs> once a kid from Jersey, always a kid from Jersey. He Fair played enough. at Gloucester Catholic High School, so that's in the... Gloucester County, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. I don't know where that is, but okay. <laughs> so. Ah, uh, kid from Long Island doesn't know places in Jersey. Oh, well. Might as well be Long Island, right? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. I just thought that was going to be a, a little fun thing to do for, John, for, uh, for Valentine's Day. 
So let's move into some actual news. Uh, it's not breaking news. It's it's about a week later, but Austin Matthews has finally, finally gotten paid. Uh, the official numbers: five years, fifty-eight point one seven million dollars. Average eleven point six three four. Second in the league behind Connor McDavid and John Tavares follows in at eleven flat. What? Obviously. The, uh, before we get into anything, does he deserve that money? Oh, does he deserve to oh, be yes. paid like that? He, we just talk about American players. He is the best American player in the league by far. He is uh, he is a, such a good hockey player. The one thing I will say, if, if there's one thing the Arizona Coyotes gave us, it was Austin Matthews <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. being the Arizona kid. Yeah, even, Not even the team gave us much. It was Austin Matthews, and now he's helping. Uh, for many years, the, uh, Toronto as an organization were low. They were almost the laughing stock of the league for many years and it took this american to really reinvigorate it and you know they the leafs did everything right they brought in lamorello they brought in um shanahan and they really turned the whole thing around and now kyle dubas gave him a nice big payday and he's gonna have to give a few more potentially with marner yeah yeah mitch, mitch marner Mitch Marner uh, is yeah. yeah he is in his last year of of his rookie contract that entry-level contract he, I think that he is going to be somewhere in the five by seven, five by eight, maybe. Yeah, I could see that. He's going to be an RFA though. He's going to so, be an RFA. So somebody's mm-hmm. going to have to offer shoot him and give up their first round pick for the 2019 year, which is and, going to be interesting coming yeah. next week's trade deadline. Yeah, because there's been a lot of talk, as you may have heard on this podcast, that the <laughs> Islanders are going to be buying at the deadline. But there was talk. Of, there was you know my Twitter feed, of course, is just filled with Islanders things. And it was, well, we, they shouldn't trade their first-round pick this year because not only Mitch Marner, but Braden Point as well are going to be RFAs on teams with tough contract situations. And those are guys that teams like the Islanders, who have a lot of cap space, teams like the Devils as well, are definitely going to try to target. Although the Devils maybe not because their pick is going to be Defin- high. I, uh, I, as much as I would love for either a guy like Mitch Marner or Braden Point to come and play for this team, being they're going to have a bottom five draft pick, which could turn into that number one overall, number two right. overall pick. It's not worth. Yeah, it. Yeah, I don't. I, right as it came out of my mouth, I yeah. realized that they would, they <laughs> no, would not give up not. a lottery pick for. Um, well, I guess Mitch Marner is a lottery. Pick. Yeah, Mitch Marner is a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. But if you're the Leafs, can you? Is there any possible way that you could save Mitch Marner on your team and keep keep the boys together? It's going to be tough. I mean, the fact that they paid Tavares and Matthews in the same season. I, it's a, it's going to be kind of like a Tampa situation or how the Caps were a few years ago when they had a, you know, sent Johansson to the Devils trying to, like, clear all that cap space. It's going to be interesting to see how they play this out. But clearly it seems like Kyle Dubas has a plan of some sort. We don't know exactly yet. But, you know, people have said that, you know, including uh, Mike Babcock, that, Marner intends on being a Leaf for life. That that was what he said in one of the press conferences about a week ago. So it should be interesting to see what the Leafs' plan is because they don't want to end up like the Lightning or the Caps a few years ago. So the, I think the most interesting part about this contract that goes a little bit deeper than the Marner stuff is is how the money was paid to him. So the way Kyle Dubas and the Leafs decided to do this was almost all through signing bonus. So Matt mentioned the number 58.1 uh million dollars by the end of this so all almost all that 54.5 of that is tied up through signing bonuses which is lockout protected wow so we always talk about gary bettman and they're going to have a lockout in 2020 well austin matthews doesn't care because he's going to get paid 15.2 
no matter what. Now he'll lose seven hundred thousand. Poor oh, baby. Poor, oh, poor, wow. poor Austin he'll, Matthews. He'll lose his seven hundred thousand a base salary, but it is a lockout protected contract, fifteen point two mil signing bonus, just literally for signing a piece of paper. That's crazy. That is a wonderful job by by Matthews' agent there. For sure. Yes. So we talk about the Leafs and their cap situation. We said paid Matthews, they paid Tavares, they just paid William Nylander. Those are three gigantic contracts. They they're paying Frederick Anderson. Uh, they're gonna have to pay Jake Gardner soon if they don't want to find themselves in D-man chaos. And as Jake if they're, in, yeah, and if they're because they already are in D-man chaos. Like you have Jake Gardner, you have Jake Muzzin, great. But then you have who Connor Carrick, and then J- Jake Gardner is also a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. that's gonna be a big problem for them. And I think the last kind of just wrinkle in this Matthews contract is what is it gonna mean for Patrick Line? Because Matthews was number one overall, 2016 draft, to the Tamarana Maple Leafs, Patrick Line, number two overall, to the Winnipeg Jets. Um, if you would have asked me last year who was getting paid more, I would have unobjectively said Patrick Line is going to get more money. And I w- would have agreed with you only because the, of the Leafs playing Tavares. Yes. Only because, oh, $11 million, how much more could they possibly pay Matthews? Clearly not, not much more. And line A, there's no big contracts on that team. But as you're going about to finish your point, he has not been good this year. No. 36 points, 57 games, 25 goals, 11, 11 assists. That's not that's not what you expected out of a Patrick Line this year. I remembered in our season preview, we were both predicting like 50 goal seasons. Yeah, for he was Patrick my Laine. he was my Rocket Richard winner this year. And not even close. Uh-uh. Uh we were quite off on that and I I agreed with that because I I remember saying you know looking at how impressive he looked in the playoffs last year I was expecting you know Ovechkin numbers from from line a and we haven't even come close to that this season which should make it interesting come free agent well uh, when we get Right, the extensions because how the, much he gets paid because exactly yeah. that this is the last year of his rookie contract just like Austin Matthews mm-hmm. is going to be an RFA now I'm not saying that there's any way that Winnipeg doesn't sign there's him because no they are. There's no way. But if you look at him, and as I'm looking at the Jets lineup right now, he is playing on a line with Brian Little and Jack Roslovich. I don't know who that is, but if you look at his kind of deeper stats, and I hate that I'm about to say it because I hate plus minus as a stat. He's a minus fifteen. That's not good. No, the next the next worst player in terms of plus-minus, is a minus six, and that's Matthew Perot, who is a fourth-liner, a third-liner. Not as good as Patrick Who Line. is not as good as Patrick Line. So his offensive numbers are down. It's looking like he's, def- he's a defensive liability. What do we think that contract's going to look like? He's going to get paid. There's like there's no question about it to me. He's going to get paid. I don't think he's going to get 11.5 because if you look at – uh, the cap friendly page here for the Jets. Shifley's locked up for a long time. So is Wheeler. So is Little. So that's good. They're locked up all the way through the 2023 2024 season. And Bufflin through the 2021 season. But you got Tyler Myers, who's a UFA. You got Jacob Truba, who's an RFA. Uh, Hellebuck's also locked up for a long time. They're going to probably have to pay Ehlers soon. They, yeah. Uh, Ehlers, Ehlers, Ehlers. Yeah. Looks like it. Yeah. Eventually. Um, eventually, they're going to have to pay him, obviously. And then uh, Brousseau. How do you pronounce that guy's name? Uh, the goalie. I'm not sure. L- Laurent Brassois? Yeah, Brassois. There you go. 
He's an RFA at the end of the season. I know they like him. Oh, by the way, there, there's Ehlers. He's all the way locked up for a oh, long okay. time. He's good. Okay. Uh, but it, they have some expiring contracts, and their Stanley Cup window, as it has just opened, is slowly closing, I feel, mm-hmm. uh, just because there is certainly a possibility they lose Tyler Myers. So they're going to pay him. They're going to pay him a lot of money. I, I don't think this season is going to hurt. It's going to hurt him a little bit. He's not going to get Matthews money. But, um, but but should they be worried that this is going to be a trend going forward? Like, is it is this just an outlier for him? Or? I think so. I think he's that good. I mean, every everywhere he's gone before this season, he's been great. You know, you mentioned about the uh, Stanley Cup window closing. I feel like that's, in a way, the situation that could be developing in Toronto, too. And when you have a team like Tampa kind of dominating the league right now, it's almost like that window closes even faster because you think, well, Tampa's the big favorite this year. For sure. They're far of and course. away. They're far and away leading the East and the entire league. So, all right, so you take a year away from that for those teams. Now, that almost makes Line A more of a commodity than ever when, when you think about it from that perspective because they got to keep these teams together. And same for the Leafs with Marner, too, tying both those guys together. You know, so it kind of makes them in the plan even more important now because you're, you're almost in a way eliminating this year because Tampa's just that good. So that's one less year you have in that window. So having them in your lineup is more important than ever. Right now, I'm not even sure if they can guarantee themselves a spot out of the West. The Winnipeg Jets? Yeah. They're in first place in the Central Division. I know they are, but... are Can, they, can, they, win, uh, can they win a Western Conference title against... Because they're going to have to go through Nashville eventually if they get to that point. They'll probably have to go through someone like San Jose or or Calgary. Or, or Calgary. But you saw them last year, and... Yeah, that was not good against no, Vegas. No, That was not good against Vegas. It really wasn't. The, I feel like last year really hurt them. Because, you know, they. I thought they were going to roll over Vegas. Especially oh, yeah. the way they played against Nashville. That was a great series. I thought they were going to steamroll Vegas, and they just showed. They just walked in and died. Uh, they did not play well at all. So I think last year certainly hurt them. I think this year is hurting Line A, but they still have seventy five points. They're still at the top of the Central Division. So to th- you know, they have such a great supporting cast in Shifley and Wheeler, um, and Hellebuck and Myers and Bufflin that once Line A turns it on, and I have no reason to believe that he'll go the whole season scoring at that rate that you just you just outlined for us, Matt. It, you know, once he turn, yeah, if it turns it on in game two of the first round, that's all they need. Exactly, yeah. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this contract renegotiation plays out for Patrick Line. Chris, you're absolutely correct. He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid a lot of money, and he does deserve it based on his history. As much as doom and gloom, as I was saying throughout the segment, I do believe this is an outlier for him. He's going to be back to scoring ridiculous goals, scoring ridiculous volume of goals. And all that good stuff. Someone who will not be on the ice, and before we get to that, something just popped in my head. I saw a stat last night. Nikita Kucherov, career point for game now. Uh, four, 422 and 422. That's absurd. Isn't it, though? Considering he's really only come on these last three years? That's ridiculous. That's wow. insane. It's just... 422 and 422? Yes, sir. Barzal was oh. like 99 in his first 100, <laughs> and I was so happy. 422 and 422 was insane. Yeah, so that just goes to Nick's point about Tampa being just... Um, the, like, the our gargantuan task for anyone in the playoffs this year. And someone that's going to have to go through them if they want any chance at a Stanley Cup is the Boston Bruins. Professional segue right there. Yeah, professional segue. <laughs> 
You know how I do it here. <laughs> uh, David Pasternak left a, a, a team event dinner. Ale- wait, allegedly. I don't know if I believe this story. I, I'm just going to say that. I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist sometimes, <laughs> especially with like injuries that didn't happen on ice or on field. Like He leaves a party, and he just like trips and falls going to his car. Like I don't believe... Like, okay. I've, like, we've all tripped and failed before. None of us like had our thumb injured to such a point where like we were out for two weeks. Okay, let's... <laughs> it's a little bit... Okay, come on. Let's just lay out this, what the official story is. He left a team event dinner... He was waiting for his car to come. I imagine it was an Uber or a Lyft or uh, it, something it was, along it, it, those it was, lines. It was a private ride. It was probably that. a private ride provided by the team. He slips and falls while he's waiting, does something to his thumb, out two weeks. I was seeing that they weren't even sure if he was going to be back for the regular season. Yeah, they said two weeks and then we're going to reevaluate. Yeah, we're going to see. So That's not great. That, so that's not, oh, he'll be back in two weeks, don't worry. That's <laughs> no. not what the that's not what it was. No, that it is. It was, we'll let you know in two weeks. Yeah, that is, he's definitely out for two weeks, and then we're not really sure after that. So, for Boston, they're third in the Atlantic, kind of, I would say that they're comfortably third in the Atlantic. Montreal's there, kind of, Buffalo's fallen off. But we can all agree that they are the third best team in the Atlantic Conference. In the Atlantic Atlantic Division, Division, yes. Yes, I would agree with that. I don't think there's any doubt about them making the playoffs, but... Unless Buffalo gets hot. Unless Buffalo gets hot. And how much are they going to miss David Pasternak? Because, once again, I'm looking at their line combinations. Their first line is now Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and then Danton Heinen? Unfamiliar with uh, Mr. Heinen, but... Unfamiliar with Mr. Heinen. Uh, yeah, they're, they have no secondary scoring. This has been a problem for them all season long. It was a problem for them all year. Last year, it's why they lost to the Maple Leafs uh, in the playoffs. And Pasternak is an all-world talent. There's You're not going to get any argument from anybody who's ever watched a hockey game that David Pasternak is an all-world talent. That line is absurd. Like, Marshawn, Bergeron, and Pasternak, as much as I don't like the, Del- uh, excuse me, the Bruins, they are absurd. So they're going to miss him a lot. I don't think they're going to fall out of the playoffs, but I guess you know we've seen Buffalo get hot this year. It's not out of the question that they could and knock Boston down. I think this is going to be a really big test for Tuka Rask. I think this is going to be a really big test for Charlie McAvoy. I think this is going to be a really big test for Marshawn and Bergeron because before Pasternak get, got there, they were good players, but they were not considered how highly they are today. I'd argue that Patrice Bergeron was considered highly before David Pasternak but got that, there. But he wasn't part of the best line in the league. No. no, it, no, like no. It's widely, it's, it's pretty much a consensus now that the Rantanen line has fallen apart, yeah. that they are the best line in the league. He was not part of the best line in the league before Pasternak got there. I could give you that. Let me just say, if this were the playoffs, he wouldn't be out two weeks. He'd be playing through this. But I think they want to be careful for him so that when they get to the playoffs, they have any chance at beating the Leafs because right now... They, that's who they'd be playing, and they would have no chance, really. So they, they need to make sure their guy is ready for that first-round matchup. Yeah, absolutely. That's and, fair. Yeah. And, and, Chris, you talk about their lack of secondary scoring. Let me just run through some points here. Brad Mastrain leading the team, 69 points. Perfect. Pasternak, 66. Bergeron, 53. Career resurgence for David Krejci, 46 points, 57 games. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, Tory Krug is a defenseman, forty points. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, and then uh, Jake DeBrusque next, twenty-two points. 
He got drafted over Matt Barzell, so go figure with that one. And then the man that is replacing David Pasternak on that first line, Mr. Heinen. Mr. Heinen. Uh, 19 points, 53 games. That's not very good. That's not very good, guys. Um, I I just don't know. I, I don't understand this team. They go... They don't have the secondary scoring, yet they're just generally considered one of the best teams in the league. Because I think it's genuinely because that line is that good. Where it, do, like, it doesn't matter. They get 18 minutes a night, and they score three goals, and Tuka Rask is good enough to not let up three goals, and there you go, they went 3-2. And it's just every night, just you know, rinse and repeat for um, for Boston. And now Pasternak's out, and Marshan and Bergeron are going to have to pick up the slack, no doubt. And that's the same reason why they're going to be crashing out of the playoffs because you you drag those guys down during the regular season between Tuca and that first line. By the time you get to the first round, they're exhausted. They're not getting any help from their backup guys, second, third liners. So, I mean, what do you expect? Of course they're going to be exhausted by the time they play the Leafs, and then the Leafs go and win in five, you know? Yeah, I, I think Boston might... They're going to be fine for the rest of the season, but come playoff time, if their Pasternak is either not back or is not 100%, they're not going very far. And it's unfortunate for them because I do think that they're a talented team, but again, it comes down to them playing in the same division as the as the Bolts and the Leafs, and then they are got to play the same conference as... The Penguins, the Capitals, and teams like that, and it's just—it's just an unfortunate situation for them. Yep. Another just, just for the record, I think his thumb got slammed in the door. Hmm. That's what I think happened. They just don't eh, want to say it. Okay. That, that's why they well. pulled the transportation. Thing. That, that's my conspiracy theory. Just yeah. I mean, I—I I mean, the story they say tripped him, and fell. Him, him. I mean, yes. it's Boston. It's the winter. It's cold. It's probably icy on the ground. Slip, fall. Hey, trying to catch himself. I don't know. Maybe. <sighs> Who knows? <laughs> Another rather unfortunate situation is just the year of coach firings continuing. Randy Carlisle officially out of Anaheim after what seemed like an endless losing streak. Uh, they are currently 53 points. They're the second worst team in the Western Conference. Uh, almost the there's a couple of bet worse team worse worst teams in the league after them but in terms of them and their future I don't see a team with a darker future than the Anaheim Ducks 100% I mean last night they had a barely scrape by to get their first win and God only knows how long they 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 had so many years where they had you know Getzlaff and Perry and you know that whole cast of players and they never really got too far they made it to the western conference finals a few times they could never go through and that that was their window and their window is closed was guess were guessloff and perry on that on that stanley cup team with scott with scott no, no, no. perry definitely wasn't no, i don't no. think guessloff was either no that was before just just an aside from this real quick i love how the anaheim ducks try to claim scott niedermeyer as, as one of their <laughs> best players they're retiring his jerseys pretty soon oh, are they really? and uh yeah you he, guys are already retired yeah right? he's up there yeah he's, he's there. not yours he he's a jersey guy sorry <laughs> But, <laughs> oh, I saw that too. I was like, <laughs> but Nick, no. back to back to what you're saying. Uh huh. Well, yeah. So, and then now you have the the pretty much the pitfall of everything coming in at you, and you know, results of Randy Carlisle getting fired, and just probably one of the worst losing streaks we've seen in a long time in the league. It just kept going and going, and even the day before Carlisle was fired. 
he said in his press conference, you know, I didn't think it'd get this bad. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's not what you want to hear. That's not what you want to hear from no, your head coach. And that's, not. I feel like, half the reason he was fired the next day. Yeah. So you said you don't think there's anybody with a darker uh, future. I would argue that the Red Wings have a darker future because they have zero cap room, like legitimately zero. The Ducks don't have much either, but... The du- the, I think the Red Wings have the prospects, though. They do. I mean... The Ducks... Yeah, the Ducks... Well, Troy the, Terry is a good player. All the Ducks prospects that are worth anything are already playing for them. I mean, you got Max, yeah. you got Max Jones playing for them. You got Andre Kasha playing for them already. Troy Terry got called up. Troy Terry got so. called up. I mean, you still have Sam Steele, but who knows how he's going to develop. Right. So, the Red Wings would be the only team I'd argue yeah. with that. But I agree with you for the most part. The Ducks have a terrible future ahead of them. And... The most interesting part of this firing for me was who took over for them. Did you see who took over for them? Yeah, their the general manager stepped down. Bob he's, Murray, who's in yeah. his 60s and has never coached an NHL game before. Yeah, he's pulling a Lou Lamorello. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Lou Lamorello had three Stanley Cups by that point. Like, Lou Lamorello had already won three Stanley Cups by the time he decided to coach the Devils. This guy's done nothing except for overpay Ryan Getzloff. Yeah. So, like, I, uh, it's just not an not interesting only, situation. Not only has he overpaid Ryan Getzloff, he's overpaid Corey Perry. He's overpaid... Ryan Kessler. He's overpaid Patrick Reeves. Uh, as much as I love him to death, he overpaid Adam Henrique in this recent extension. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're yeah. in. They are in the literal definition of cap hell. Uh, Ricardo Raquel's not having a good season at all. Nick Ritchie's not developing like anybody thought he would. Brandon Montour's playing all right. Jakob Silverberg has kind of reached his ceiling. Hampus Lindholm is again just underperforming. The only reason uh, Jackson Heil is not here, but the only reason that they were even relevant for as long as they were this season was John Gibson was playing out of his mind, and then he just got put on injured reserve with what they called head, neck, and back injuries. Wow. Yeah. Was he playing through that? I don't know if he was playing through that, but that's that explain not, a lot. <laughs> that's not what you want your franchise goaltender to be going through before you finally put him on injured reserve. And it's been eleven years since Ryan Miller was widely considered the best goalie in the world, and he is now their goalie. He's their now their starting goalie, and they have Kevin Boyle and Chad Johnson on the roster. So they are running. Th- Ojo Cinco. They my are. Guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are running three backup goaltenders. I mean, Ocho Cinco's also hurt, by the way, according to Cap Friendly. Okay, well, so they're running two backup goaltenders. So you mentioned the the uh, Cap L that the Ducks are in. Let's just run through this real quick. Corey Perry, 8.6 through to the 2021 season. Yikes. Getzlov, 8.2 through the 2021 season. That's all right, but Kessler, it's not great. Kessler, 6.8 through the 2022 season. Bad. Henrique, 5.8 through the 2024 season. Not and great. Raquel, 3.7 through the 2021 season. Those are their top five contracts. The only one that is even oh, and Cam Fowler six and a half through like eternity apparently like, yeah, through like twenty twenty five. The Cam Fowler deal at the time looked all right, all right because they were going to lose him in that expansion draft to Vegas if they didn't sign him. So that was that was understandable. Uh, the the Raquel deal is all right in my eyes because he's still young enough to kind of turn this around, but everything else is just brutal. Is it bad that the most exciting things that happened to the Ducks recently was that they had the uh, anniversary of the movie last night at the game? But they don't the even—they bring movie. out like guys from like D two. Like they don't even bring out like Charlie Conway. Like I know, I know, like <laughs> I know. Um, the goalie's in jail now. With, with the <laughs> yeah, the Goldberg. Yes. Goldberg's, yeah, Goldberg's in jail now, Goldberg's but like Charlie Conway, not there. Gordon Bombay, not there. Like, what are we doing here? Come on. Now. And it's not—they don't even wear the right jerseys. No, they mm-hmm. do. They wore—they did last night. Okay, they, they did, did last night, night but they wore the green ones last night. Yeah. No, since then, no, they have—they've kind of like distanced themselves from that. 
As Wait, what do you mean? Pop- oh, like the team themselves? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, just hang in there, Anaheim fans. <laughs> it's not going to get better for a while, but it'll get better eventually. Uh, and then, just to kind of close out today's show, I, I, I need to bring up what happened in Vancouver a couple nights ago. Um, this team is just so poorly managed. That's how I need to start this off. Uh, they went through a bit of a, a goaltending issue. Uh, Jacob Marshall was hurt. They had traded Anders, Anders Nielsen away uh, a couple weeks earlier. Uh, they had a, a goalie that they claimed on waivers, who in turn immediately got claimed on waivers by Philadelphia, so he wasn't around. And they had to play a game. They couldn't call up Thatcher Demko from the AHL. He was hurt. Uh, they had no other goaltender in the AHL, so that was out of the out of the question. So what did they do in the AHL game? That's I don't know. They probably signed like some some, some account. Dude off the street. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what did the Canucks do? They bring in junior junior goalie Mikey DiPietro, who, nineteen years old, nineteen years old, who starred for Canada at the World Juniors, and this man, this poor poor child, got curb stomped in this game by San Jose. Yeah. By San Jose, he gave up a goal on the first shot he ever faced in the NHL, and then it just went downhill from there. Uh, he has a one game played, seven goals against, Ugh. which is not good. It's not what you want. How? Why? Why did Vancouver find themselves in this situation where they had to play their 19-year-old, very, very unready prospect? You look at you look at what teams do. Chicago pulled some accountant out of the stands, and he wa- he had a shutout. In that one game, seven sa- against the Jets, no against less. the game, he pushed out a seven a seven save shutout on the Jets, and they couldn't find someone like that. Well, all I can say is, in a way, I, I how can you blame the kid? I mean, you I mean you can't you, you can't. He's nineteen years old. He's thinking he's playing in his junior hockey league game, and all of a sudden he's playing in front of you know eighteen thousand in on the other side of the country in Vancouver. It's just like. No one saw this coming. He didn't probably ever see this coming. And yes, he was a star in the World Juniors, but the World Juniors is quite different yeah. than the NHL. Yeah, you it's a little ex- different. Yeah, just a little. You can't expect that same production. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking. They were expecting that level, but you don't. You're also playing the Sharks. I mean, they're they're a good team. They're they're top in the in the uh, Western not not the Western Conference Pacific the Pacific, Pacific, Pacific thank Division you. Pacific Division. I mean, that's no easy task. Yeah, you feel bad for the kid. I mean, they lost in that game to uh, Finland, and I mm-hmm. mean that was a brutal loss that was not mm-hmm. taken well by the uh, oh no by the Canadian those folk. fans. They went after Max Comtois, who was the captain of the team. They went after Mikey DiPietro, and that's just unfair, right? So that happens, and then he gets curb stomped by the Sharks in his first NHL game. He's had a tough couple of weeks, so you feel for the kid. But yeah, you know, I it's not his fault. I mean the the. And it's not really the Canucks' fault either. Just a whole bunch of people got hurt, and they panicked, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, like kid, can you come over from the Ottawa 67s and play for us tonight?" And he said yes. And I mean, he got crushed, but that's a that's a memory that he's going to have for the rest of his life. The uh, remember the day I got crushed by the Sharks, <laughs> and that is going to be something he holds with him when he's 23, and he's you know a stud goalie in this league, hopefully, and. You know he's he'll be able to tell the kids who come in after him, hey, like I got curb stopped my first game. Don't worry about it. It just makes you think what what is br- the brass thinking? I mean, they have Thatcher Demko. He's played. He he got called up 
played one game, and I think they sat him for a few games before sending him back down. Why, for a team that has playoff aspirations this season, they're not that far out of a wild card spot. Granted, Jacob Marsham has not been bad. Two seven six goals against, nine eleven save percentage. He's not the starting goaltender you want on this team. Why isn't Thatcher Demko playing yet? Because they he, don't know what they're doing. Like, he, I don't know what you want to tell you. Like, he's so ready mm-hmm. to play. I I know there's not an answer. It's just me <laughs> ranting. Real answer. I, yeah. It's just me ranting about Vancouver for no reason. Like I'm falling in love with the Vancouver Canucks because of Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson. And this is like the second time I've talked about them in as many shows as I've been on recently. But I just want them to be managed so much better. I think. Well, also, I just want to make one more point. I think all of Canada felt that that seven two <laughs> loss because it just brought back memories of a few weeks ago, and it's just like you had to do this to him again. Yeah, know? exactly. I I I think that's why it was a bigger deal, especially in the Canadian media, like because they just saw you know this kid shine in the World Juniors a few weeks ago, and now all of a sudden you know randomly comes up. I, I think that was the other part of the problem that. More of a PR problem for the for the Canucks. You also you also might think in in management's minds, oh, the Devils called up Mackenzie Blackwood. He played great. The Flyers have called up Carter Hart. He has been, been the phenomenal. For years. Exactly, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. That's the problem with with that theory. But that might be what they thought. Carter Hart's been one of the top goalie prospects in the league for a couple of years now. Yeah, and now he's making a serious push towards Darlene for the uh, Calder Trophy. So he's you know. He's a legitimate goaltending prospect. Mikey DiPietro is our age. Like, yeah. or my age. Or my age, yeah. I should yeah, say. He is, yeah, he is so, not my age. Yeah, so, mine too. He's 19. I mean, it's a tough situation for the kid to be in. You feel for him. But I, it, Vancouver, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think, no, I, no. I think I think Vancouver's you know inability to be a competent franchise helps Bruce Boudreaux's guarantee you game earlier today <laughs> that Minnesota's going to make the playoffs. <laughs> So before we go, Chris, any any last trade deadline thoughts? Two weeks out. Two weeks out. I'm a little bit calmer than I was two weeks ago. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Um, yeah, you know, I I just really hope the Islanders do something. It's been. It looks like Simmons is kind of off the table a little bit. Flyers have made a push. Looks like Tarasenko and Petrangelo are off the table a little bit. The the Blues are now in the playoff spot, six games over 500. So uh, it's looking like Panarin or bust right now. So I think. Well, I'll say from Devils' perspective, they're selling. I would have to imagine Johansson and – well, Boyle's already gone. Now I feel like that was a really good trade on the Devils' part. Considering he's a fourth-line center getting a second-round pick, that was a nice yeah, pickup. Yeah, that was pretty good. People think of Boyle, you're a great player and stuff, but when you break it down, fourth-line center for a second-round pick, that's really good. And then uh, – so Johansson now, maybe Drew Stafford uh, – you know, Buck and Cade. Will they trade Kincaid? I mean, honestly, they should. It's if, on the table, but if, I highly doubt it. If they're committed to playing Corey Schneider for the rest of the season, Mackenzie Blackwood needs to at least be in the NHL. There's no point in him being in the AHL anymore. He's proven himself mm-hmm. in the in the league. So Keith Kincaid has fallen back down to earth. He's no longer looking like a starting goaltender for anyone. Mm-hmm. Trade him out. Someone can use him. Get what you can for him. The thing is, Definitely. if somebody needs a goalie, they're going to talk to the Blue Jackets before they talk to you guys. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. I mean, but the price the price for Corpusalo or Bobrovsky is going to be higher than for it sure. is for Kincaid, for sure. Which will, which will make more teams come to us than to them. 
For sure. And yeah. Kincaid, I could see him being a solid two for a team, like a, a team like Vegas has some good backup goalies. Islanders have good backup goalies. I'm looking here. Maybe like Washington, they have um, their backup goalie, Phoenix Copley's. He's okay. Well, they just they just signed Copley to an extension, so that's, that's all they're doing. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Does, Copley, does, does they, Pittsburgh trust Tristan Jari? I don't know. Toronto likes Garrett Sparks. I'm just I'm totally like spitballing here. I know. Maybe I know. Dallas, maybe. Calgary, if they don't love Mike Smith, you know, I know, I know Tampa loves Louis Domingue, so right. he's not going mm-hmm. anywhere. Right, but yeah, Nick, Nick, I'm with you. I think Marcus Johansson's the next to go. It's unfortunate because I like him as a player, but he has a lot of value, and some team will mm-hmm. definitely overpay for him. Just Who like thought the Caps would win that deal. Yeah, no one would have thought which that. one. The, the Johansson, Johansson trade. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that trade. It, Who thought they would win that one? It's it's kind of just an unfortunate situation for Marcus Johansson because his first season he was just derailed by that concussion that mm-hmm. he got early in the season and he never really recovered from it. He's played well this season, but it just hasn't it hasn't been the Devils' year. Hasn't been his year. And before we close out, I, as Nick mentioned, I do just want to thank Brian Boyle for everything he did for the Devils. Mm-hmm. Um, Watching him come back from from beating cancer, scoring that goal to win the game on Hockey Fights Cancer Night was probably one of my favorite moments of being a Devils fan. Uh, he just he showed everyone what it was like to be a warrior. He went out there, played played his heart out every night. He gave us uh, your next part two for that fight, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's sad to see him go. But I hope he wins the cup with Nashville. Uh, I can guarantee you that's gonna be my. My call for when we get to playoff time because I want to see him win, and I kind of just like Nashville. Fair enough. S- same here. I mean, he, in such a short amount of time, he grew to be such a figure for the organization mm-hmm. and such an inspiration around the league more than anything. And now, yes, hopefully he goes wins the cup with Nashville. My second favorite team. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, that is all we have for this week. Uh, we'll be, we will be back next week. Only a few days out of the trade deadline, so that'll definitely be an few ex- days before. A few days before, yeah. A few days out, a few days before. Well, Same oh, thing. I thought you said yeah. after. Nah, nah, nah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm sure that we will have plenty to talk about come then. For for Nick, for Chris, I'm Matt Costantini. Thanks for listening. Come back next week.